Yes, time for another episode of What Do You Think on Gisal FM? And I'm so glad you tuned in. I say good evening from Nigeria and I hope you had a wonderful day. I am Okwe Sanyolu. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. And we ask you to please bless us with your presence tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. and chats. Permit me to share with you the opinion of one of our listeners on the previous episode. Bumi Ojuyo says, the bigger the better, the more the merrier. Our men's view, not God's view. Only the chosen few get blessed and not the crowd. Our God can work with anything and anybody as long as the person is available. God delights in using the impossible things with men to show them his power and wisdom. He also specializes in making big things out of nothing. That was our opinion. observed the book of judges is cyclic in nature and so today we'll be taking a look at the life of another character from the book of judges as we study judges chapter 10 from verse 6 all the way to judges chapter 11 verse 3 and as usual we read from the new international version that the book of Judges is cyclic in nature. What do I mean? It has a pattern. The Israelites do evil, they cry for help, God rescues them, and it goes in that cycle. So, Judges chapter 10 verse 6 says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. But this time, there is a difference. The evil was not summarized, it was spelled out. I mean, it was outlined. First on the list was idol worship, which was taking place on an international level. Next, they forsook the Lord. I mean, there was no relationship, no walk with God. Then, they no longer served Him. You know, forsaking the Lord has to do with relationship. Some are born, not born again, but they go to church. It's not like it's okay to not be born again, but at least they're going somewhere where they could hear from God. So at least they were still serving God, so to say. So in this case, there was nothing for the Israelites, no church attendance, no talking to God. All attention diverted to local and international idol worship. They rebelled against God, their father, and they made themselves illegitimate. Does that 
pattern sound familiar? Is our own generation not doing the same? Worrying after various idols in the form of technology, screens, and so-called superstars, such that when you ask an average youth, who is your role model? He or she is quick to mention the name of a football star or a hip-hop artist whom he or she has never met. The kids are not left out too, as some of them have the ambition to become one of their heroic cartoon characters. Because we parents have also allowed spending quality times with our children to be replaced with increased screen times for them as we also stay glued to our phones, smiling as we reach trending social media conversations. forsaking the Lord and all of that kindled the anger of God against the Israelites they were sold again why did I say again if you remember the episode we had on Judges chapter 4 they did so much evil that God gave them outrightly into the hands of Jabin who had Sisera with the 900 chariots as his commander in chief so this time God permitted them to be oppressed again by both the Philistines and the Ammonites. It was a great oppression that lasted for 18 whole years. Then, in the usual manner, the Israelites cried out to the Lord in verse 10. But this time around, the cry was different. It was not weeping for weeping's sake or an ordinary cry for help. It was a cry of regret, remorse, and repentance as they confessed their sins. How do I know? Well, he said, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, We have sinned against you, forsaking our God and serving the bows. They confessed their sins with their own mouth. In verse 13 and 14, when God rejected their plea, and told them to go to the idols they chose. They insisted and still acknowledged their sins. So the Israelites admitted that they deserved to be punished, yet they pleaded for deliverance from their present predicament. chapter 14 Judges chapter 10 permit me from verse 14 to 15 God said to them go and cry out to the gods you have chosen let them save you when you are in trouble but the Israelites said to the Lord we have sinned do with us whatever you think best but please rescue us now at last the Israelites saw the need to repent without much ado they renounced the idols as a sign of true repentance and returned to the God of their patriarchs whom they once slighted. The B part of Judges chapter 10 verse 15 says, sorry please, verse 16 says, Then they got rid of the foreign gods among them 
and served the Lord. And he could bear Israel's misery no longer. And he could bear Israel's misery no longer. Permit me to say that their action melted God's heart. Their action of putting away the foreign gods among them and returning to serve the Lord. And so God decided to help them. Such is the tender mercies of our God. He has no pleasure in the death of sinners, but that all should repent. Dear listeners, sometimes we need to do our part first before God steps in to do his own part. In the case of the Israelites, we saw them getting rid of their idols and serving the Lord and God was now moved to rescue them. But some come to church these days and say, Oh Lord, if you deliver me from this problem, then I will serve you forever. Well, let me bust the bubbles by saying, first, it is not an if case with God, because our God is well able to deliver us. But I think what we need to do is to do the needful first, and God's heart will be moved to help us. I mean, don't just regret. You need to confess and repent. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 tells us the right order. It says, you seek God first and you get other things after. I mean, it should be, that is how it should be. Not God delivering you first, and then you choose to serve him. Your fellowship with God should move him to come to your aid, not you offering your service as an incentive to God. from that portion of the scripture is that the Israelites knew they deserved to be punished but they still asked God to rescue them. As believers when we make mistakes or feel we have failed God and we deserve judgment, fine we should still confess repent and have hope in God's merciful nature do not write yourself off his arms are open to welcome you back Okay, now they've pleaded for mercy and God is about to rescue them. So, to begin the rescue mission, God inspired the leaders of Gilead to collaborate and search for a qualified man to launch the attack against their oppressors. And if the candidate was successful in his mission, he would earn the ticket to become the judge for that season. In most job vacancies, the applicants submit their resume and letter of application to the company. But in the case of this candidate, the company sets their representatives to go and present an eligibility offer to him. Dear listener, I am not saying you should fold your arms and stop the job hunt. What I mean is that while you wait, continue to equip yourself and remain relevant. You never can tell when you will be recommended and those who need the stuff that you carry within will come looking for you. Well, things are now working towards the deliverance of the Israelites. 
as the leaders gathered for a common good to oppose a common enemy. Unlike before, when only a tribe or two joined efforts against their enemy, this time the Israelites were determined to work together and we will see the outcome later on. Dear listeners, there are some victories that cannot be achieved when individuals pray alone in the family. Instead, it requires that spouses should join hands in agreement and the children should also involve when and where possible. Jesus says if, in Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 that if two of you shall agree concerning a thing in my name, it shall be done. Such is the power of agreement. I have seen it work and it is still working. I do not mean individuals in a home cannot pray personal like daddy's quiet time, mommy's quiet time, children studying on their own. But when there are big decisions to be made that will affect all relocations, change of schools, change of job and things like that it is best to come together and leverage on the power of agreement and watch your prayers get answered speedily so the elders met about the need for a valiant general to fill the post of commander-in-chief against the Ammonites. So far, most of all the judges we have discussed on the program had an extraordinary call to the office. I mean the likes of Barak, Gideon, and Deborah. They were chosen by prophecy, divine encounter, or the spirits coming upon them. However, the upcoming judge and person of Jephthah was called in a more common way by a simple convention of the states as the leaders placed the advert for a fit and qualified man to fill the vacancy. It was later on that God endorsed their choice by putting his spirit upon him. But before the spirits came on him, let's read Judges chapter 11 verse 1 to 3. As we take the citation of our character for today and learn more about his background and how he was illegitimate. Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a group of adventurers gathered around him and followed him. tonight. His name is Jephthah Gilead, occupation mighty warrior. Well, the Hebrew word used to describe him in the KJV, a man of valor. The word valor is translated chayu and chayu means wealth, power, virtuous substance. So Gilead was not just a mighty warrior, he was a man of wealth, a man of power, a man of substance. Mother's occupation, prostitutes. It was his mother's occupation that led to his birth. 
and later rejection by his siblings who considered him illegitimate and unfit to be a member of their family. Let us return to the state elder's decision to search for a suitable candidate to launch the attack. In terms of qualification, none fit the role nicely as Jephthah, who as an outcast still had unsolicited followers. Despite Jephthah's qualification, his background put him, as it were, under three possible disadvantages which God chose to bypass. How do I know that God chose to bypass those disadvantages? It's the way it was introduced in Judges chapter 11 verse 1. So Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior. That was the first thing about him. It didn't start from his background. Okay, Jephthah was the son of this, a prostitute, and all the negative things about him. It starts with a mighty warrior. Like I told you on the episode about Gideon, that God calls us whom he has determined us to be. He sees us as we are in his own eyes, not what the world has labeled us to be. Now let's take a look at those disadvantages which should have worked against him, but which God chose to bypass and still make use of him. First, he was the son of a prostitute. In the Bible, some prostitutes had names. But for Jephthah's mother, the word prostitute sounded both like a name and occupation. She was neither a wife nor a concubine. She was a strange woman. But she did well to preserve the unwanted pregnancy that grew up to become a mighty warrior that would later deliver his nation, his father's household, inclusive. This is not to encourage promiscuity, but to show that our God chooses whomever he wills to carry out his plan, using the foolish to confound the wise. It would be good to note at this point that the Hebrew word translated as alot or prostitute is the word zana, and it is the same word used to describe the Israelites' worship of other gods. Did you now see why I referred to the Israelites also as illegitimate earlier on tonight? Jephthah's parentage was not his fault, yet his father and mother's action was his disgrace. Dear listeners, have you been disgraced or disadvantaged because of your parentage or ethnicity, which is, of course, no fault of yours? I have good news for you. If you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is, you become born again, God will welcome you into his own family. You will be entitled to the glorious liberties and privileges of those born of God. Let me sound this note of warning that we should also be careful of our actions and decisions so that we won't unknowingly mar the future of our children through selfish and momentary gratifications.
second disadvantage was it was driven out by the legitimate children of his father. They saw no fault in their father's relationship with the harlot. I mean, she didn't impregnate herself. Someone did it. But the children saw no fault in the father's action. The offspring was their concern. In my view, if Jephthah's siblings were not short-sighted, in quotes, they would have known that his extraordinary qualification as a mighty warrior, a man of substance, was something they ought to have cherished. But legalism did not let them retain such an ornament in their family. Little did they know that Jephthah would be the one to save the entire nation, not just their family. Dear listener, do you have a half-sibling that you resent so much and would have nothing to do with? I want to implore you to have a rethink for two reasons. First, being a part of your family was no choice of theirs. I mean, no one predetermines where to be born, so it could have been you that will be the illegitimate one. Two, even if they seem disadvantaged today, the future may have you at their mercy, and the treatment you will receive then may just be proportional to the level of hatred or kindness you have shown to them in time past. We move on to the third disadvantage, so to say. Well, it was exiled. Yet, some people discovered him and became his followers. Jephthah started commanding, as it were, a small troop of his own in Rehazel for the big picture God I had ahead of him. Some are born leaders, and no matter where they are, people will identify with them and choose to follow. It is not until you ask people to click follow on your Instagram page. Rather, those who see what they need in you will follow willingly both physically and on social media if need be joseph as a slave in porter's house was a leader he was transferred to the prison yet his leadership traits found expression until he was recommended for the palace in whatever circumstance you find yourself please make the most of it do not relent in your passion even if God has shown you an international vision of your life, start small in your neighborhood. Maybe God has told you you are going to become an international marriage counselor, a motivational speaker. Yes, but right now, why don't you begin with the newlyweds that just moved into the flat in your neighborhood and start talking to them. And gradually, your skills and character will be sharpened for the big stage and you will be exalted in due time. And so God decided to humble the Israelites, who themselves had become illegitimate by idolatry, by using an illegitimate and exiled Jephthah to orchestrate their deliverance. In my opinion, the choice of a leader should not always be by an extraordinary call. Rather, if someone has the right qualifications and has earned public trust, 
God can empower the person for his own use. What do you think? lessons learned in tonight's episode. Please, Lord, help us not to take thoughtless actions that will disgrace or jeopardize the future of our children and even that of ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in to the program. Thank you, dear Emmanuel, for putting the production together. You can send your opinions on WhatsApp, plus 234-803-490- one two nine two plus two three four eight zero three four nine zero one two nine two. So we'll meet next time. I am Okwe Sanyaolu. Stay blessed.